Man, what an awesome video. Y'all stand back up, man. I'm gonna tell you, if you, y'all stand back up. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, man, if you don't have a child, uh, if you have a girl that's not involved in GAs, man, I encourage you, please get her involved. I mean, what an awesome song and example, I mean, for these girls to reach out to a, to a lost world. Uh, and First Baptist does an excellent job of paving the way. We're gonna sing, we're just gonna continue to worship as we go, so y'all sing along with us, uh, Mighty to Say. of a savior the hope of nations savior he can move the mountains my god is mighty to save he is mighty to save forever author of salvation and conquered the grave Jesus conquered the grave So take me as you find me with all my fears and failures and feel again I give my life to follow everything I believe in now I surrender Savior He can move the mountains my God is mighty to save Let the whole world see We're singing all the glory of the risen King Jesus, shine your light in Let the whole world see We're singing all the glory of the risen King Savior, He can move the mountains my God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, 
He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Savior, he can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save. Let the whole world see We're singing for the glory of the risen King Jesus, shine your light in Let the whole world see We're singing for the glory of the risen
thank you so much for this day. Father, we do come to you and we give you glory for everything on this earth. Lord, give you glory for our successes and Lord, we just thank you so much for all that you do for us. Father, I pray that you'll just fill us this morning with your spirit. Help us to know you and allow you to guide us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Cross where your love 
every day, God. Forgive me, Father, for not being more obedient to you. Forgive me, God, for realizing that you are the only one who can save me, God. I cannot save myself. Thank you for this time, God. Amen. So fortunate on this Jay Sunday to have some missionaries uh, home on furlough with us today. Terrence and Hillary Luker are missionaries in Italy, and uh, they've been serving there for several years. Recently in Milan, and uh, now having left that, I think there's a smaller community out from there where they're trying to establish a Bible study and eventually a church. Uh, they're connected to our church because Hillary is the daughter of John and Joan Powell. And so you'll see them on the back of our prayer sheet. We've been praying for them and supporting them. And, and so while they were here and GA Sunday, I, I asked Terrence and Hillary to come and share with us a little bit about what God is doing through them in Italy. So you help me welcome them. You know, when we tell people that we're missionaries in northern Italy, especially in the States, they often get a smile on their face because who wouldn't want to live in Italy, right? The spaghetti, the lasagna, the Italian ice cream, the good cappuccinos, the good coffee, uh, the architecture. There's so many beautiful things. But, you know, it doesn't matter what you're filling your stomach with, how many good things you have to fill your stomach with. If your souls are empty, then you're living without hope. And it's estimated that only two in every 10,000 people living in North Italy have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So only two out of every 10,000 have the hope that you and I share in Christ. So that's what Hillary and myself, that's what we are in northern Italy to do, to share the hope that we have in Christ. Most of the people we meet have an idea that God exists, but they don't believe that it's possible to really know him and have a relationship with him. One of the Italians that we met that felt just that way is named Francesco. We met him while we were doing student ministry in Milan. But through a two-year relationship with him, right before we left Milan, he accepted Christ. One of the most encouraging things that happened to us this last year is he came back to visit us. He's now moved away. He's studying at the London School of Economics. But he came to see what we were doing in Sesto Calende, the town we're living now. And during that visit, he looked at me and he said, you know, um, so few people are going to respond to y'all's message that you have to share, but they need to hear it, just like I needed to hear it. It was so encouraging to hear those words from him, to see how faith had uh, bore fruit in his life and how he understood the difficulty of our task, but the importance of it. So we ask you to keep praying for us, keep praying for Italians like Francesco, that they would come to the realization that the only hope, the only thing that there really is worth living for in this world is Christ and having a relationship with him. And that is possible.
Thank you. Thank you for your prayers and your support. Thanks. Well, thank you, Terrence and Hillary. When I said three to five minutes, you're the first person's ever to uh, go by that. So <laughs> we are glad you're here and uh, appreciate your ministry in Italy. I know it sounds exotic and, and fun to be in Italy, but boy, that, that country is lost. And uh, your testimony there is going to make a big difference. <clears throat> We're talking about in this season of Lent leading up to Easter, the, the sayings of Jesus where he says, I am something. Last week we looked at, I am the bread of life. This morning we want to look at, I am the light of the world. It just so happens there's seven of these sayings in the Gospel of John, and that leads us right up to the seven Sundays of East, leading up to Easter. <clears throat> so this morning I want to look at, I am the light of the world, and there's a an outline in your worship bulletin this morning. And I just have one verse, and I don't ordinarily like to preach on one verse because it's dangerous sometimes for a preacher to take a verse out of context and make it say what he wants it to say rather than what God intended for it to be. But this verse, I think, is self-contained and self-explanatory. John 8, verse 12 says, Again Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Sounds simple, doesn't it? What does it mean? Let's bow. Father, illumine us with the light of your life and help us to understand in its fullness what you're trying to tell us when you said your son came to be the light of the world. We thank you that in this darkness, Jesus shined that light, placed it within us, and it's still shining. Let it shine brighter in Italy, in Tifton, around the world. In your name we pray. <clears throat> Amen. I love driving down I-75 South, coming from Atlanta or Macon or wherever at nighttime. And when you get close to Tifton, you begin to see a dome of lights. I think it's probably around ABAC. You can see it kind of off to the southwest. And uh, I've noticed that the darker the night sky is, the brighter those lights shine. Have you ever noticed that coming down the expressway or anywhere you've seen Tifton in the distance, you've seen the lights of the city shining. The darker the night, the brighter they shine. Jesus is the same way. The darker is the things, environment surrounding him, the darker it gets, the brighter he looks, the brighter he shines because he is the light of the world. I noticed at first, I think, at our Christmas Eve candlelight service. At the end of the service, when we dim all the house lights and just have one candlelight burning, that one candlelight will, will illumine this whole sanctuary. And then when everybody lights their candles, and then when they hold them up, it's, it's almost like daylight in here. Those candles put off an amazing amount of light. And that's what it does with Jesus. 
Jesus can't just describe himself in simple terms because he's so, he's divine in human form. How do you describe that? And so rather than just using simple words, he uses a simple word, but it has a deeper meaning. It has a, a literal meaning and a symbolic meaning. I am the light of the world means something on a literal level, and then it means something on a deeper symbolic level. What exactly did Jesus mean when he said, I am the light of the world? Well, first of all, to understand this saying, you've got to understand the context in which he identified himself like this. Jesus said this, it says in the Gospel of John, on the last night of the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, the Feast of Tabernacles is a seven-day feast happens once a year, and in those seven days, the Israelites uh, build themselves tents or booths or tabernacles and live in those booths for seven days, and it's supposed to be a reminder to them of their 40 years of wandering in the wilderness and how they had to live in tents during that time period, and during that time period, how God provided for them, just wandering around in the wilderness, how God provided for them. And so they come to Jerusalem, and they put up tents and tabernacles, and they celebrate how God spared them from, uh, delivered them from Egypt, and then provided for them through the wilderness, and then brought them into the promised land. It's a seven-day feast, and they remember what God did for them miraculously every year. On, on the last night of this Feast of Tabernacles, they do something particularly unusual. In the court of the women in the temple, they have two lampstands, and each lampstand has four huge lamp bowls. In those lamp bowls are wick, linen wicks, and they light those wicks. And, and then people are also singing and dancing and celebrating with torches. And they say the light that is emitted from that court when those those bowls of lamps are, li- are lighted that it will illuminate every courtyard in Jerusalem. So it's one of the brightest nights in that city. And Jesus, with that setting as his background, says, look guys, you think those torches are bright. They only light up the city of Jerusalem. I am the light of the world. In a dark city where they don't have electricity and they don't have lights. Someone who says, I am the light of the world, and they, and they are in effect comparing themselves to the bright golden lampstands burning in the temple. It's going to get their attention. I am the light of the world. Just as last week we talked about, I am the bread of life, and it reminded them of Moses providing for them manna, as they wandered in the wilderness, Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. And I think the Jews are going to remember how God guided them. Do you remember how he guided them by night? It was a pillar of fire. And that light guided them through the wilderness and it took them to the promised land. So once again, Jesus is connecting himself to their history, to their identity, to who they were in the wilderness but still they don't catch on. Well, what does it mean literally when Jesus says, I am the light of the world? In the Gospel of John, there is a continuous contrast 
between light and darkness, and it happens in the very beginning of the gospel. In chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, it says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So at the very beginning of John's gospel, Jesus is identified as the light that came into a dark world, and darkness tried to put out the light, and it could not. Jesus' light continued to burn. Light was a, a symbol, an image that was used often in the Old Testament. It always, it always re, re, um, symbolized God. It reminded them of something good and holy and righteous. Just a few examples of light in the Old Testament. First of all, I just mentioned in Exodus 3.21, the pillar of fire that led the Israelites through the wilderness, that was the presence of God. That was light. The second time, do you remember when, when uh, God uh, pr first presented himself to Moses? How God was seen by Moses in Midian, the wilderness of Midian. Moses goes up and he sees a bush that's what? It's burning, but it's not consumed. Exodus 3.2, this burning bush is, a, is the presence of God and yet it's not consumed. So once again, here's light representing God. Now our Bible drillers will tell you, what is, how is the Bible described in the Old Testament? Thy word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. Psalm 119.105. So the Bible, God's word is seen as a lamp and a light. Everything good and righteous and holy is light and what is evil and, is, and bad is darkness. That contrast is continuously playing itself off in John's gospel. So Jesus is the light and he came into the dark world. What does that mean symbolically? Well, he says, I am the light of the world. You know, I think the Jews could have tolerated it better if Jesus had said, I'm the light of the Jews. But he said, I'm the light of the world. I'm not going to be just hemmed in by Jerusalem, by Israel. I'm the light for everybody, for the whole world, for everybody to see. And that was something that was hard for the Jews to, to swallow because if this man is supposed to be the Messiah, the Messiah is supposed to come for the Jews. But Jesus didn't confine himself, just as you cannot confine a light to a, under, you don't light a lamp and put it under a bushel, but you put it on a lampstand for all the world to see. So Jesus cannot be confined to, to Jerusalem or to Israel or to just the Jews. He is the light for everybody, for everyone, the light of the world. Let me also say, I think there's a, another meaning there about the world, not just the world as we know it here, but Jesus is the light of the world, meaning this is the sphere in which his light shines. This is the sphere of dis decision. You've got to decide now if you're going to follow the light or the darkness. If you follow the light, you'll follow Jesus. The Bible says that men love darkness rather than light, and we will always migrate toward darkness because that is, that is our preference. But the light is the choice that we need to make, the light that Jesus is and shines in the world. Okay, what does it mean symbolically? First of all, Jesus brings light into a dark world. Do you remember in the beginning, in the very beginning in Genesis 1, 
It says that the world was dark and in chaos. And God said, let there be light. And there was light and order was brought out of chaos. And God's light began to shine. Will that darkness still exist in our world where God is not known? You'll hear missionaries come back from foreign countries and they'll say, this is a dark country. Well, does that mean they don't have lights and electricity? No. It means that evil and, and Satan prevails there. And they can feel the sin that waits down upon them. It is a dark country. But where people follow Jesus, they emerge from darkness into light. Jesus is the light that shines in the darkness over and over again. And his presence presents us with two choices. Light and dark. White and black, it's, it's as simple and easy to divide as that. It doesn't get any plainer. Jesus brings the light, and we are told to walk in the light as he is in the light. When I was young in high school, my parents always, and your parents probably tell you this too, be in before midnight or be in before 11, right? Why? Because nothing good I heard this over and over again, nothing good ever happens after midnight. You get in trouble. And I think it's, it must be true because I read the arrest reports and most of them look like they happen between midnight and 5 a.m. And I, I think, where do these people work? You know, when do they sleep? When do they go to bed? People hide in darkness. They do things under the cover of night that they don't do during the day. And they think that if nobody can see them, Somehow they're getting away with something. You know, it kind of reminds me of a cockroach. You, you turn on a light in a dark room and you see them, and, and not at my house, but at some places. But uh, they scurry, you know. They're going to go and hide underneath something. They're going to slink away. And, and, and there are some people like that because they know their deeds are evil and they don't, want the, they don't want to be seen, they don't want to be known. They're hiding who they are and what they're doing because they're ashamed. Jesus came to shine a light in our world and in our lives. And he wants what we do, what we say, what we think to be open, to have a spotlight shining on us all the time and not have to be ashamed. So what that presents us with is, is he's the light of the world and this is the sphere of decision. That means that now is the time of decision in the bright light of this beautiful day. How is God speaking to you this morning? What is he telling you that you need to do about things you need to change, about darkness from which you need to flee? in order to walk in the light. Are there some, it's kind of interesting how all these adjectives have to do with darkness. Are there some shady business dealings that you're doing? Are you shading the truth a certain way instead of telling the truth as it should be to make yourself look better? Are you doing something in darkness? Young people, are you stepping over a line in a dating relationship that you know you shouldn't be, that's not honoring God and it's not accordance with his word? People who walk in light have nothing to fear. But people whose activities take place under cover of darkness 
are always afraid of what's going to happen when people find out. And so Jesus said, I am the light of the world. John 8, 12. I am the light of the world. And what's really cool is he also said in Matthew 5, 14, you are the light of the world. Now, I read several commentators and and they said, well, what that means is that Jesus' light comes from within. He's like the sun that shines and our light is a reflection of his, like the moon, you know, that, that we reflect his light to others. I read that and I scratched my head. I said, I don't think so. I think the same light that shined in Jesus can shine in us. Because he said that that light was the presence of the Holy Spirit. And when he ascended back to the Father in heaven, he said he was going to give us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Guess what? So are you and I, if his light is shining in us. We have the gift of the Holy Spirit. We have that light shining. And like the song says, I like the theology of children's songs. This little light of mine, what? I'm going to let it shine. That light is shining in us. So flee darkness and come into the light like a moth that comes to a flame. In him is life. And the life is the light of men. Walk in the light as he is in the light. And flee darkness in every area of your life. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And then he said, so are you. So let his light shine. Shall we pray? Father, it's it's pretty awesome for us to realize that the light that was shining within Jesus when he said, I am the light of the world, has been offered to us. It's overwhelming. And yet we realize that the gift of the Holy Spirit is in our lives. And what we have to do is, is let that light shine and not try to cover it up and not be ashamed of it, not try to hide it, Not let anything in the world blow it out, but just let it shine. Father, help us take that light burning within us seriously. And if there's anyone here today who needs that light to burn within them by professing their faith and inviting you into their heart to be their Lord and Savior, Father, we pray you would pass that light on to them. If there are others who have that light burning but have not let it burn very brightly, let them rededicate their lives today. If there are others who need to join this church and participate in fellowship with one another as as that light burns within us all, help them do that. Father, we open ourselves up to you. You are the light of the world. And as dark as our world is, how bright is your light.
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing an invitational hymn this morning, a song, Your Name. You come. I'll be at the front to receive you as we stand together and sing.